The Medallion, Chapter 16 Corvin struggled to keep up with Atia as she jogged through the network of tunnels leading them away from Gavin's tree room. At times, there was no choice but to push a tiny bit of the remaining Lumian power into his legs. Each time, it felt like sand was scratching through his veins, and after running on its energy, he was even more worn out. An overpowering desire to consume another Lumian seed was building inside him. Slow down, Atia, he snapped, and the girl skidded to a halt. What's the matter, Grouchy? Can't keep up? She smiled at him. Quit being silly. I'm exhausted. I can't remember when I last slept. Atia's smile vanished. We can take a faster way to the falls, but it takes us up to the streets above and we might be seen. I don't care. I need to save my energy. Atia nodded and turned into a narrow tunnel on her left. Where it ended, they climbed a long ladder that left Corvin gasping for air. He wanted desperately to send Lumian power to his lungs, but the sensation that his heart might collapse at any moment terrified him. If he had known he would feel like this, he never would have eaten that first seed. At the top of the ladder, they pushed through a trapdoor into a ruined building. Atia looked over her shoulder, put a finger to her lips, and motioned for Corvin to stay put. Sagging to the ground, his eyes closed, and before he knew it, Atia was gently shaking his shoulder. Corvin, we need to keep going. It's getting late. Behind Atia, a gap in the wall revealed the soft light of a new day. How long did I sleep? Atia slung her bow over her shoulder. Not long enough, but you needed to rest. Your face was pale and you were having a hard time breathing. Corvin nodded. Are you hungry? Atia pulled a purple fruit from the sack, smacked it against the floor and pulled out a membrane full of liquid. He took it from her and chewed on it. The membrane popped and flooded his mouth with sweet juice. It tasted faintly like Lumian fruit and made him acutely aware of his urgent need for the flesh and heart of another Lumian. Atia fed him two more segments before Corvin held up his hand. No more, Atia. You finish the rest. She probably thought he was being kind to her, but the truth was he couldn't handle eating something that tasted so much like a Lumian without giving any real satisfaction. Atia had her own method for eating the fruit. After nibbling a tiny hole in the tip of the membrane, she squeezed a stream of juice into her mouth. A bit missed and trickled off her chin. She laughed. Messy things, aren't they? Corvin wished he could be as carefree as Atia, but with the Lumian power gone, his whole body felt empty and dark. He had to find just one more Lumian, just one more to hold in his heart for the rest of his life. Atia tossed the empty sack into a corner and held out her hand to help him to his feet. He smiled at her, and her eyes crinkled in return. The room they were in must have been an office of some kind, as it had a huge desk with the same iron Lumian hooks he'd seen last time in the library. Atia peered cautiously out the door, then stepped into the street. As Corvin followed her out, his gaze wandered up to the cavern ceiling where a cluster of Lumians grew steadily brighter. He stumbled and forced himself to look at his feet. A few steps later, the temptation was too much and he looked up again. There had to be a way to get one down. If he didn't eat one soon, he knew he was going to die. His foot caught on a loose cobblestone and he clutched at Atia's shoulder to keep from falling. She helped him stand then straightened out the bow and arrow slung over her shoulder. You watch your feet and I'll watch where we're going, okay? Her eyes searched his and he nodded but found himself staring at the arrows in her quiver. If he had enough Lumian power left, he could shoot one of the globes down for himself, but his strength was gone. How far can an arrow go? Atia shrugged. Quite a ways. Among the sister, I'm known for having the most accurate shot at the greatest distance. Garrick said he's never met anyone who can shoot as far. 
Could you hit the ceiling of this cavern? Atia looked overhead. I think so. Why? Corvin tried to sound nonchalant, but his voice quavered. Jord said that he could shoot a Lumian down from the ceiling with a bow. I wondered if a girl could do it, that's all. It's possible. That small blue one hanging below the rest, I could reach that one. I'd like to see you try. Atia stepped away. If that new Lumian fell and they caught me anywhere near it, I would be condemned to death. Tyrus new laws leave no room for mercy. He shrugged. Uh, I don't think you could reach it anyway. It's pretty far. I could so. Why do you think we had so many Lumians in the city of refuge? We were stealing them from Kadir. Atia's eyes narrowed. Not that that stupid mayor gives the sisters any credit now. He showed his gratitude by banishing us from the city we helped to build. Then don't shoot it down. Just prove you can get close. There's no harm in that. Atia studied the ceiling before pulling her bow from her back. Choosing an arrow, she moistened her fingers and smoothed out the fletching. With a nod to Corvin, she knocked the arrow and pulled back on the bow. Her arms quivered with the exertion, and she drew a deep breath to steady herself. The bowstring gave a sharp twang as the arrow climbed straight up to the ceiling and buried itself in the mass of vines high overhead. Told you I could reach it. Corvin didn't answer. He was staring at a small Lumian bobbing up and down next to where her arrow had disappeared. Atia sucked in her breath. I wasn't aiming at that one. Corvin's heart pounded in anticipation. I think you might have hit its stem. Even as he spoke, the Lumian began to fall, glanced off a roof of a building and landed with a splat in the middle of the street. Corvin tore up the street and fell to his knees. The Lumian pulp lay quivering on the ground, streaks of light shooting through its pulpy mass. Digging through the flesh, he yanked out the heart. The power of the seed tingled in his fingertips. It was much larger than the one he'd eaten up in the cellar, almost the size of his fist. It throbbed in his hand, and he lifted it to his mouth, bit off the tip, and chewed in ecstasy. A sharp pain clenched his chest. He gazed at the brilliant core of the seed. Another bite, and his heart might explode inside him, but he didn't care. He wanted more. As he lifted the seed to his mouth, it was savagely kicked from his hand. Atia stood over him, her eyes blazing. Corvin snarled at her, Lumian juice trickling down his chin. Atia stepped away, knocked another arrow, pulled back and aimed at his chest. Corvin stood to his feet. The power pulsed through every vein and his mind was picking up the smallest details. The tension on Atia's fingers, a hairline crack on the arrow's knock, a twitch in the muscles of her arm. But the beads of perspiration on her forehead and the compassion in her eyes assured him she was not going to shoot him. The seed lay on the cobblestones, its bright liquid oozing onto the cracks. Watching it drain away was more than he could bear. Please listen to me, Corvin. If you eat any more, it will kill you. I've seen this before. Leave me alone. I know what I need to do. He glanced at her as he bent to pick up the seed. And I don't want to hurt you. Atia's bow twanged. Corvin sprang to one side, but the arrow wasn't meant for him. It hit the Lumian heart dead center and the seed exploded in a shower of brilliant shards that died away into dark puddles on the stones. He scrambled between the pools, but the power had already evaporated into the air. Corvin! Atia screamed. Jumping to his feet, he found Atia in the grip of a stocky man, a long knife held to her throat. Another stood a few paces away, his crossbow pointed at Corvin. Ah, the young Corvan! I was beginning to think we might have to give up on getting the rebel leader's reward. Now I'll be rich, and you will finally be punished for stealing his bride and blinding his eye. 
Corbin took a step toward him. Stay where you are, or the girl dies. The knife pushed tighter against Atiyah's throat and a trickle of blood slipped over the top of the blade. Corbin stopped. That's better. Now let's all move down the street. No doubt the palace guards saw the Lumian fall and are on their way to make sure that justice is served. The man gestured with his crossbow. Turn around and start walking. If you try anything, you and the girl will die together. Either way, I get paid for the palace also has a reward for the death of a Lumian eater. Corvin turned down the street. The overdose of Lumian power ran erratically through his mind and body. He could easily leap high enough over both men before they even knew what was happening, grab Atiyah and carry her away. As the plan crystallized, power flowed into his legs until they were so taut he could hardly keep himself on the ground. Taking one last step, he brought his feet together and sprang backwards. Time slowed to a crawl. As his body arced high in the air, he was upside down when the man with the crossbow appeared below him, and then he was over Atiyah and her attacker. He landed clumsily, grabbing the man's arm and yanking the knife away from Atiyah's neck. He felt the man's forearm snap and the man cried out. His partner whirled around and pointed his crossbow directly at Atiyah. Corvin shoved her to one side with the knife wielder's body. The bolt thudded into the man's chest and a sharp pain bit into Corvin's body as the tip of the bolt passed through the man's torso and pierced his own body. He dropped the man to the ground. The body rolled over, the eyes glazed and still. The other rebel soldier fumbled with his crossbow when was cranking back another bolt. Atiyah scooped up her bow and grabbed his arm. Corvin, leave him. We have to go. The soldiers from the city are coming. The crossbow man sneered at him. Let's see you take on a whole squad of palace guards, Corvan. He darted behind a pile of rubble. Atiyah tugged on Corvin's hand and he moved jerkily after his muscles twitching with the energy trapped inside. Tuning in his ears, he found he could distinguish each set of approaching footsteps ten soldiers, and one of them was limping. He also knew that if he stopped to fight them all, he would win. Atiyah yanked him inside a crumbling building with no ceiling and he fell hard against a mound of dirt with Atiyah on top of him. Sensations flooded his brain, the scent of Atiyah's hair, the weight of her body on his, the softness of her fingertip against his lips, and her voice in his ear urging him to lie still. On the other side of the wall, a commanding voice told the men to search the area. This rebel was killed with one of their own crossbow bolts. They must have fought amongst themselves over the fallen Lumian seed. Search every building. If we find the other rebels, they'd wish they'd never left their vermin holes in the crags. Footsteps approached their building. Atiyah rolled sideways, pulled back on her bow, and let an arrow fly softly over the wall. It clattered on a stone roof in the next street. Over here, a soldier shouted. The man outside their door took off running. Atiyah peered over the wall, then helped Corvin to his feet. You are wounded, but we must move away from here before they return. Taking his arm, she led him through a gap in the back wall of the building and into an alley. Corvin followed blindly, his mind scanning his body until he found the wound. It was like he was looking inside his own chest to the spot where the crossbow bolt had stopped up against one of his ribs. An inch higher and the bolt would have pierced his heart. Corvin measured the damage and pushed Lumian energy toward the wound. His skin prickled and stretched as the wound began to close. Energy flowed into the rib and he winced as the slender bone pulled back into position and the crack sealed over. As the Lumian power dissipated in healing his body, Corvin became more aware of his surroundings. Atia was leading him down a set of stairs along a wide river. Overhead, the black shadow of a bridge thrust out over the water. He had been here before, under the bridge where the outlet from the City of Refuge flowed out toward the settlements. 
Atiyah helped him into a low cave, and he leaned back against the cold stone and let the sounds of the water soothe his mind as he concentrated on pushing the remaining energy back into his heart. Atiyah lifted up the tunic and his cloak and gently wiped the area around his wound. Corvin studied her face. With her helmet off, her red hair swayed as she worked to remove the blood. The Lumian power inside him was defining every muscle in his chest, and they twitched under Atiyah's touch. She stopped and stared up at him in amazement. Did you do that with the power from the Lumian? Her finger rested on a puckered scar. Yes, but I'm not sure how it works. Atiyah traced her finger over the scar. Everyone I knew who ate that much of a fresh Lumian seed died right away. Their hearts couldn't take the strain. Her eyes met his and he was suddenly lost in a whirl of golden specks. What does it feel like, she asked. Corvin touched the scar. Not, not that. The Lumian. What happens when you eat the seed? It's like, like, I don't know how to describe it. You feel really strong and you can sense everything about you. It's incredible, but frightening at the same time. She nodded. I'm sorry for how I treated you, Corvin said. The power can take over and, and you lose control. It's okay. I know you didn't mean it. I've been through this before. Corvin nodded. If you hadn't destroyed that Lumion, another bite would have killed me. You saved my life. Atia smiled and Corvin spotted a trickle of blood on the side of her neck. He brushed her hair away. You're hurt too. It's from the soldier's knife. It will heal. I can help. Corvin diverted a bit of the energy into his mouth and touched a finger to his tongue. Reaching up, he brushed Atia's hair aside. Every nerve in his fingers came alive, sensing each strand flowing over the back of his hand. He touched his finger to the cut on her neck and the skin fused shut. Does that feel better? Atia nodded and her eyes brimmed with tears. One splashed warmly on the back of his hand. As she looked into his eyes, Corvin lifted his head toward her. Something told him to stop, that he was interested in Tirith, not Atia, but he moved his face closer until their lips touched. A small burst of the Lumian energy left in his mouth slipped through the connection between them. Atia's eyes relaxed and closed. She drew in a sharp breath and sank against his chest. Corvin could feel her heart beating against him, rapid at first, and then slowing down to a gentle rhythm. Was that the Lumian power? Atia asked. Yes, a, a tiny bit. Did it hurt? She pushed off his chest. No, it was like I could hear you thinking, and that... Her eyes grew moist. She bit her lip and pushed to her feet. Her voice was suddenly flat and devoid of emotion. We'll rest here till the night comes. It won't be safe to travel with all the soldiers searching the city. Wake me up in a few hours to keep watch. I need to rest. Atiyah moved to the far corner of the alcove where she laid down and curled up into a ball. He shouldn't have kissed her. The Lumian energy was messing with his emotions again. The glow of the Lumians overhead bathed the edges of their hiding place as if it were seeking to take back its energy, accusing him of taking what did not belong to him. Now that he had eaten the Lumian seeds, would he ever be able to live without their power? Even now he wanted more. Probing his body, he measured the amount of energy he'd pushed into his heart. It was considerably more than the last time and he could feel the strain. Letting a tiny bit out, he sent it running through his body and then up into his head. His ears crackled and he picked up a faint sound over the constant rush of water. Atiyah was crying.